When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Mike Molina, Andy Bernard, and our very special guest. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Where'd you get that t-shirt? Adam Hunter's with us. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience. And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we pay the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. I heard her say one more time. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, did you find out his age? 77. 77? I thought he was about 74. Uh, Eric Burden's birthdays today. Eric Burden and the Animals, of course. The Animals. Eric Burden and War. All those different groups. Uh, Adam Hunter, our special guest in studio. Adam, my, uh, my hero as a kid was pretty much Eric Burden, you know, because the Beatles were real clean cut. And I love the Beatles, right? They're all clean cut. And then there's the Rolling Stones, which are kind of... They were kind of glitzy bad boys. They weren't really just like... But Eric Burden and the Animals were just bad boys, right? Yeah. They just were. So I really connected with Eric Burden and just the way he carried himself. And, you know, he didn't dance around like kind of stood there and sang and said, you like it, like it, and if you don't, you don't. That's your business, right? So he was kind of my hero when I was a kid, and I met him for the first time about, I don't know, 30 years ago. And I've met Eric. I've been with Eric now 20 times over the past 30 years. Every time he meets me, it's a new experience. <laughs> oh, really? He doesn't remember ever meeting no. you? He doesn't remember meeting anybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I don't know what he does in his spare time. 
<laughs> yeah, he has a real hard time remembering meeting people. Does he have Alzheimer's or is this? Uh, maybe. Yeah. He, he might be right about that. He's about five foot one. Wow. He's not a very big guy, but he he made one of the greatest uh, greatest comments I've ever heard. What the hell was the name of that? Um, it was before. Uh, what's that big thing that everybody loves? That Game of Thrones. What was the war one before that? There was like a medieval times. Lord of the Rings. Nah, it wasn't. What the movie it was a TV series. It was in medieval times, and everybody just loved it. And uh, Conan the Barbarian. No. Conan there the there Barbarian. were a Seinfeld. Lot. Yeah, Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. Hot, you pegged it. But I don't remember what the hell the name of the show was. But let's say Medieval Throne was the name of the show, right? So we're sitting backstage in Vegas. We did used to do two two shows a year in Vegas. And we're sitting backstage in Vegas, and we're talking about this show. And Eric kind of speaks like this. He kind of talks like this. And he goes, you know what I like about that show? He's got the kind of semi-Newcastle accent. And he goes, you know what I love about that show? It is like the Sopranos in antiquity. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's a good, all the right. The Sopranos in antiquity. There we go. <laughs> That's funny because I remember meeting people. There was actually, when I was, I used to run shows at this college bar called the Westwood Brewing Company. And there was this beautiful blonde girl. She must have been a college kid. I was 25, 27. And she was just hot. I mean, she must have been 19, 20. Just gorgeous, gorgeous blonde hair, little thing. And I, I got her number. And I said at his show, and she was so pretty. And I called her all week. And then, and then like, the next week, Simon Rex, who's, like, this funny guy, he's like, hey, man, let's smoke some weed. I'm like, sure. I smoked like the best California weed. I just moved out to California. I was like, and this pretty blonde is staring at me. And I go, hey, how's it going? I go, uh, what's your name? And she's like, you've been calling me all week. Oh, I no. was like, well, at least I, I'm like consistent. I'm like, I think you're hot now, too. And that's right. That, that was the end. Yeah, that. no, that's she, right, though. She didn't fall for that at all. Yeah, she didn't care like, for that? No, not, definitely not at all. I, I love that, though. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm consistent. I still think you're hot. Yeah, I was like, at least I, I, you know, it's the same taste. You know, it was just, but she's like, how many girls? Yeah, but that, was, that was bad. That's a good argument. And then, then one time I was actually like, I slept with this this girl who's an adult film actress, uh, a porn star, I guess we can say. A porn star. And um, was it Stormy Daniels? It was not her. Okay. It, it, it was uh, it was uh, Winter. Co- no, it was uh, so, <laughs> so 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 st- there was a girl and we were arguing and I I asked her like after we had sex I'm like you're clean right, which is not the time to ask ask her no. you know you're like you can't no. it's like I wanted my cake but to eat it too literally and so so but I <laughs> so I said to her I'm like you you don't have anything she goes even if I did I wouldn't tell you but no I don't have anything but it's not what you want to hear even if you did you know no. so, but I still shouldn't have so then we started like she got mad at me and then and then I called her the wrong name. And then oh, yeah, I was like, like yeah. And then she's like, that's not even my name. And then I called her like the second. I, I, I got her, her name and her fake name wrong. I, got, I was like, oh, for two. Yeah. I'm like, but you have two names. It's hard to remember. I was like, I, I, yeah, this is bad. It was bad. I'm, I'm, bad, I'm bad with names, too. Was it, a, was it a horrible fake name that she had? Because a lot of them are terrible names. Yeah, but sometimes they go from like, it's so weird. Sometimes, they're like, sometimes their, their, their name, their original name is actually more of a porn name than yeah. like, like their, their actual name will be like, what, what's your name? Like. You know, Destiny Horizon, and and then they'll change their poor name to like April Smith, and you're like, what? what your, your name is Destiny Horizon. Like, that's much better. Yeah. What is the what, what is the rule again for porn names? It's your what is it? Your first pet in your first street you lived on or something? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's your porn. That see, that's mine. Would be ter- my my porn name would be Herbie Spruce Place. That's terrible. That's a terrible name. Yeah, mine Herbie would be Spruce like Place. mine would be like Buddy Third Street. <laughs> See, that's not good. No, that would not be good. Some of them are good, though, man. Some of them really, really do. People put them together. And it's like, hey, that's a great porn name. Yeah, there was a girl named Ash Hollywood. Ash Hollywood. I thought that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Ash Hollywood. Ash Hollywood. Yeah, she was. She she didn't last. Uh, but uh, no, no, nah, she went that now. But I don't. She, you know, she went up in smoke. I, oh man. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, uh, that's an interesting business to get into, I think. The, that whole porn business is, it, and it's not in L.A. anymore, is it? Isn't it like in Nevada or something? I think though? when they started putting the condom rule in, right, a lot of them right. moved out, you know? Yeah. Um, and, which is weird, but 
Uh, I used to be the the, the warm up act for night calls. It was like this like show really? on on a porn show where they had like it was a live talk show hosted by these two hot porn stars. It was Jesse Jane and Kirsten Price, and it was all these naked girls. And they would ha- they it was like kind of funny, but it was ridiculous. It have like just it was the only job I ever showed up early for in my entire life, you know. <laughs> but I became I, see that. I became friends with a lot of the girls, and I dated one of them. And I remember like uh, you can curse on this show. No. Well, you could not um, a ton. I mean, you can cut it out. So, so not, not if he does it. A ton. So, I like found the girls the the cover of it. Her na- her name was Kaylani, and we were got to, we were dating for like two weeks or something. And then I see the cover of one of her porns, and I'm, I look it up, and she's naked on the front. She's beautiful. I go, this is a really nice picture of you. I look at the back. She has like two penises, like one in each hand, right? And I go, not so much, you know. And then, <laughs> and then she goes to me. She goes, don't judge me. I don't judge your comedy. I, well, I don't have two penises on stage while I'm telling jokes. You know? like, That's a big difference. Yeah, and she like threw me out of her place. I think that was the end. I, I, yeah, I don't. What? So you've been around these women, and I never have. Um, I just I, I've never been to strip clubs or that kind. Here, I don't tell you why. Because of where I grew up, um, where's where a lot of hookers and strippers lived in my neighborhood. Right, actually, it's like two miles over that way. And there were a lot of hookers and strippers. So when I was a little kid, I'd wake up, you know, at the sunrise or whatever, and I'd go sit on the front stoop, and they'd just be getting home. And they always had their makeup running from crying and stuff. And I thought, eh. So I just never been around. I don't judge. People want to go to strip clubs. Yeah. And, and what, that's their business. I don't care. But I've never been around it much. What drives them to get into? Do they think they're going to step from like porn to yeah, Hollywood? Yeah, I, I think that. I think that that's part of it. There's always that like that one or two or three that have crossed over, like the Sasha Gray or the yeah. um, Jesse or the Jenna Jameson. Jenna Jameson for a yeah. second was yeah. like you know. So I think that also. It, I think a lot of it is just they go from. It's like you get. I think a lot of those people they get caught into. Well, I'm doing this, so this isn't that bad. I'm doing this, so oh, that's yeah. not that bad. It's yeah. like I'm working at Hooters, and I'm basically showing my my, my like tits for you know, and, and flirting with guys. Right. So I should just might as well be a stripper. They're making five times as much. I mean, they and, do make a lot of money, don't they? And then you're like, oh, oh, I'm a stripper, and I'm naked for might as well. Like, what's the difference between that between doing nude modeling? And then you go for for nude yeah, modeling. True. Oh, well, I'm a nude model. Might as well, you know, what's the difference? I'm going to have sex anyway with these guys, and I can get paid. So it's just sort of like you get caught up in that, like, well, I'm doing this, so why not this? And then before that. you know it, you have, like, you know, 19 guys on top of you. No, so, so – and, and, and then before – and then after that, you're, you know, you, you, you're, you're a born-again virgin, and you work for the church. You know, yeah, it's just that's a, right. That's you're a Scientologist. A, uh, that's what I was going to say. You become a Scientologist. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I think that there's a lot of it is, like, well – and that, that's anything. It's like a gateway stuff. It to is, any, yeah. A, a, yeah. Pretty much anything you do, you could always like. I, I'm the king of rationalizing things. Well, you know, I did this. So what's this? Is you know, and that you can get. That's a that's a bad way to live because it just it's always gets worse and worse. You know what everybody and, does though. I mean, everybody rationalizes, especially today. Everybody, their rationale is I'm a victim. Everybody's oh, a victim. Everyone's now. a victim. It's just unbelievable. It, it's everyone. Uh, everyone's owed something by something, yeah, somebody, yeah, and, and every you know, and it's just, it's like, and and then it's like, oh, I mean, it's ridiculous. For example, I tried to get this writing job, and I go to this agency, and I I go, hey, you know, I've been on the Tonight Show, I've written three scripts, I did this, I did that, mm-hmm. blah, blah blah, you know, hey, here you go, and the email I got back from the agency was sorry, like the. The, the marketplace for white writers is non-existent, right? Right what? now. Yeah, right? Because we have to have diversity, what? right? Mm-hmm. So there's the trap, right? Because I could easily go, oh, well, I'm a victim. Right. Now right. I'm, a, now I'm right. the victim. Before the they victim. were the victim, but I have to go, which is what I do, go, ah, who cares? They're not right for me anyway. Right. They don't get me anyway. And, and, and it doesn't matter because there's other places. But like... Literally, I'm not going to say the name of this comedy club, okay? But, like, I'll show you the text that I got three days ago. And this is a, a big um, – and this is a big thing. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Blow and Blow Comedy Club said I booked an entire white lineup, okay? So that's why you can't be on the show. Uh, like, so – That makes no sense. Especially when you, when you factor in that 80% of the comics are probably white, right? So now yeah. – at it, least it's like when I used to do colleges, right? You'd see the same Asian every year because they got to book a white comic, a black comic, an Asian comic, whatever. Yeah. And the, the white comic is like 
maybe there's 15,000 of them, maybe then there's 5,000 black people, and then there's, then there's like 500 Asian people, and mm-hmm. there's like six Indian people, and, and, right. like, and like, let's just say four lesbians. Let's just for the, for the just throw it in. Okay? Right. So then that one lesbian is working every year, you know? And the other guy, <laughs> and then the other guy's competing with four people, and, but they're not going on like the funniest. It's like, it's, it's like I want a quality. I, I, it's, everybody wants a quality until they can help you out. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, and and the problem is that you get screwed over so many times that you go, well, you know, might as well, fuck it, it was, you know, whatever. Sorry, uh, he can edit it up. you know, um, you, you go, hey, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, like go, it's about time the pendulum, you know, swung my way, but that's that's the trap, and then and that, and that's the trap that has that has resentment. So what I yeah. do is I don't care. I'm like, look, I'll be as funny as I possibly can. And people will like me because I'll because I'll, I'll put on a good job, and the cards fall where you're. If you when you when you, when you start going that somebody owes you anything, and right, and the world's out to get me, and I should be this because it's like it's like anything else. Like so many times, like I book comedy shows, right? And on Mondays and Tuesdays I book comedy shows, and people go, "Well, how come you don't have a female in the lineup?" Uh, because just so happened that week, like I probably booked more females than anybody. Right. But just to happen that week, it just happened to be ten comics now. The male. It wasn't like I, I said I have to have a female line. But right. they. But, but people want to go right to that card, and, and, and but not never the really really funny people because they don't care. It's they like, don't care, right? If you want equality, then you have to put that out, out the at the window. Here's uh, what I don't understand. Yeah, maybe you could maybe you could help me out with this one. Uh, so we can't hire you because you're white, uh, and we. We we need to hire black writers. Right. If you're hiring a, a writer based on their skin color, isn't that racist? One hundred percent racist. And of course and it then, is. And you're also not doing a service. Like I've been to a comedy club where there was a comedy club I was playing at where somebody started a Facebook trend saying this comedy club doesn't book women, right? Which was not true. They they booked right. women. Maybe right. they didn't. Maybe they book as many women as, as they did men because that's just the way it, it worked out. But they didn't book. But then they started just booking women on shows. Oh, but they were doing it because they're women, not because they're funny. So these girls were going on the show, and they weren't ready. They were like a year or two into comedy, yeah. and, and not having good sets. And then people were going, man, those women were terrible. You know, like, oh, and then, <laughs> now, man, uh, man, those girls weren't fun. And now all of a sudden you're hurting the girls that actually earned it. It's because true. Because you're solely booking people because of their gender or their race. And, and that's just... Look, that's that's the industry that like that's just my what I'm experiencing. I'm sure in other industries maybe there is, or I, possibly is. I can't speak for those industries, but some type of bias in which you have to even out the playing fields. But it, it's like you know, look, I'm not the biggest Ben Shapiro supporter, but I do listen to a couple things he says, and one of the things he says is you you can't solve racism by more racism. No, exactly. And and you're never going to make up for it. And that seems to be, make sense because you're just Absolutely. you're just going okay, and and then you're taking away from people that actually deserve it because of their merit. I couldn't agree more. There are so many people that that and I don't care what color they are, what gender they are, what their orientation is, or whatever, that never get any work because it just so happens we have enough of you right now. Mm-hmm. It's like what? Yeah, but 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 you know, but but when there's real money on the line, it, it doesn't seem to work that way. Like like yeah, uh, that's like, true. Like the Lakers aren't going to be like, oh, we don't have a Jew on the team, <laughs> you know? Like like okay, let's 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 hey, we need to get an Amish guy. Otherwise, we're not we're not representing the Amish fan base, you know? We got to take a quick break here. Adam Hunter, ladies and gentlemen, is at Rick Brown's House Comedy tonight. Two shows tomorrow night, two shows a Sunday show as well. And then it'll be, be back in two weeks, and we'll talk about that right after this time with Arnshaw. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. That's the way of the world now. That's the way of the world now. Way that's the That is the way of the world. Adam Hunter in with us, ladies and gentlemen. Rick Brown's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, two shows, and a Sunday show as well. And then you're coming back with Jeremy Piven in two weeks on yes. Tuesday and Wednesday. Yes. So I, I, you, so you worked with Jeremy a lot. Yeah, Jeremy's got into comedy a couple months ago, and he, he's doing an incredible job. Uh, he asked me to kind of help him out a little bit, get spots and stuff, and. Uh, He's doing a really good job, and he's really funny, and he's naturally hilarious, and he's got amazing stories, and he puts on a really good show. I, it's, it's interesting, because I, I tend to be a very honest person about all this stuff. I made your spot all wet there, Murray. Sorry. No problem. Um, Jeremy's very hard to deal with as far as interviews are concerned. <laughs> he is. He's really hard to interview. You know, he's just got kind of an attitude about everything. I've never met him. I don't know him. I've, I've interviewed him like three times, like I said, and he's been eating all three times. Yeah. And it's like he, I'm, we're, we're going to promote it. Because I really liked his show, that last show he had on. on uh, Entourage? No, the last one. The, the, um, what was it called? Wisdom of the Crowd. Wisdom of the Crowd, exactly. Did, did you ever see Wisdom of the Crowd? I have not seen it. Damn good show. It's a really good show. And I think because of the, that deal he just went through, they canceled it, which is, you know, you know that's that's interesting. I wouldn't mind getting your take on that. Uh, as a matter, but I guess let me finish this this one thought first. Unless you liked Jeremy Piven, I probably would have kept the because you like him. I, it kind of changes my view of him because you don't put up a lot of you know prickish. No, people. Jeremy's actually like he's a mensch. I mean, he's a really really nice guy and uh, a very oh, very know. thoughtful guy, considerate guy, and uh, just just a uh, I mean just. I can only talk about my experience with him, you know. Yeah, well, I, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, and my experience has been nothing but like this dude is, uh, this is a solid, solid guy. Well, that's good. And I, look, I'm not trying to diminish what's happened to people and what's really happened to people and all the rest of it at all. But I, I'm getting to the point where I think that if you're a public figure, not a celebrity necessarily. Not necessarily a celebrity, but if you're a public figure, you are eventually going to be accused of sexual harassment. Everybody is. You know, I. It's just sometimes people like. Uh, sometimes you, like I was watching Tucker Carlson. He was saying that some girl just made it up. I mean, in his situation, in his situation, someone just starts like he never even met the person. Right. And 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 this woman was just like, man, blah 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 blah, and all these people were trying to take him down. Like that. That was that one situation. Then, but then you have like the, you know. Uh, Harvey Harvey Weinstein and good Ooh. and like Bill Cosby and those guys yes, that's I agree you know that's ridiculous um, those guys agree. should be in jail for for a long time for life you know I agree with you on that one you I, know uh, Cosby you know coming in blind and you know and like falling yeah. over and just I mean it's just like I mean sixty women with Bill Cosby shit I know sixty women that's, that's in, exactly insane right um, but so I mean, Tom Brokaw, I had a little hard time believing that one. Tom Brokaw sexually harassed me. Like I don't know about that. Now there's a guy I've had dinner with, talked to Tom Brokaw. You know, that's sitting like you and I sitting right now. Um, it, you just don't get that vibe at all from him. Not that that he would. He's not aggressive in any way, shape, or form. He's one of the best speakers I've ever seen. I've seen him do a couple of speeches. He's a really good singer. He while he sits and talks to you. Like we're talking right now, 
he will engage. He will not pretend like you're all of a sudden buddies now. So he doesn't do that deal like, hey, great to see you. you know, he doesn't do that. He just talks to you and asks you about your life, and you, he tells you about his life. And he's just not aggressive in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not saying the woman made it up, but I'm saying it's really hard for me to believe that Tom Brokaw ever sexually harassed anybody. Yeah, there's no shortage of celebrity stalkers. So, I mean, right. there's plenty right. of crazy people out there. But and on that's... the flip side at NBC, what about your golfing buddy, Matt Lauer? Oh, Matt Lauer, that was a different story there, man. <laughs> Matt Lauer and I, I had to play golf with him a couple of times. I didn't have to, but I, I did. What a prick. Really? <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. He really likes himself a lot. But yeah, I, really, I really think that's the issue with this day and age and the and, and internet generation. Narcissism. And social, you know, social media and all that. It's If I say this, I'm going to get attention. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, and they that's create exactly these pages right. for it, and then, you know, they get this following from it, and then next thing you know, they're like, whatever. If I, if I Even if it's something I made up or if I didn't make it up, they go along with it. I know. That, you know, that's they what they believe. want. You know, so uh, they want to believe that anybody who uh, look, if you're a public figure, it means you have some form of power, uh, you know, whatever the, the, the degree of that is. I don't know, but you have some power and I just got a chance to take that away from you. So I guess I'm powerful now. I mean, that sucks. It's, it's terrible. But anyway, I'll get off that subject. I, I just I just do think eventually all all public figures will be accused of it at some point. <laughs> It's just going to happen. It yeah. isn't whatever. Unless they do something about it. Due process would be nice. You know, that would be good. Uh, but in any case, so so how did you get to know Jeremy Pippen? Uh, Jeremy just, we, I run a show at the Dime Bar. It's like this little room that, yeah. that kind of where people can work out stuff and work out the jokes. And like, you know, because in L.A. you don't want to bomb in front of like the Laugh Factory or the Improv right. or the Comedy Store because... You know, you kill 20 times, but that one time you bomb, everyone remembers it, and it's hard to work out new stuff, and you always want to work out new stuff, so I needed a place to kind of work out new stuff, and the place only holds 25 people anyway, so it's a great little showcase place, and then, lo and behold, you know, Chappelle started showing up, and um, Russell really? Peters, and then Jeremy Pittman showed up. Do you have any big names showing up? Uh, uh, no, uh, just me. Um, just Adam yeah, on yeah, it, yeah. that's it, uh, So, um, yeah, right. so, that, so that's the thing. And then they started, and then so that's, it's a great place to kind of get good in L.A. And it's a really, really, it's a, one of those crowds that they don't care how, how popular or famous you are. It's a tough crowd. I mean, but, yeah, but, it, but, it, but it's funny. It's a funny crowd because it's, like, there'll be like somebody from Love and Hip Hop, and the girl from Arrow was there last week, and this one, and that one. There was a guy on the um, on on like the uh, Clippers there, and he was like, I asked him, I'm like, yeah, how much how much girls do you got on the Clippers? He's like, oh, I got a purity ring. I'm like, at least you got one ring this year. <laughs> uh, so there's always there's always like these like quasi celebrities there, which is this is also kind of fun. Yeah, it is fun. Absolutely, it is. I um. Amy Schumer, who was the kid's name that she walked out? Apparently, she walked out on stage in New York. It was in New York, I think. Yeah. And she asked the kid, "Hey, look, why don't you go take a seat? I got to do ten minutes." Yeah, which is weird. What the way that, that? that way, weird the way that happened. Like, from what I understand, that's exactly what happened. And normally, what happens is like they'll light the comic and be like, "Hey, someone showed up." Right. Or, right. Or, right. And then the, the comic gets off stage, and then the other comic, "Hey, guess we got a special guest." But the comic isn't just like it feels like one of those like. Back in wrestling, like the NWO would just show up and throw these guys out of the ring, and and then they would take over. The cage I mean, that's, match. That's not exactly the way it should go. I mean, no. if all of a sudden like Bon Jovi's on stage or something, and Bruce Springsteen doesn't jump, like, hey, beat a kid, you know, like just, <laughs> like ha- halfway through. So there's a way to do it, and right. it doesn't seem like that was the really cool way to do it. Good for the kid because the kid seems to be making out right now. Yeah, he he was not offended by it. He said, "Hey, gay, this is great. It's wonderful." Is that? I, I mean, who knows how he really feels but that, that right, is weird right and also weird. like why couldn't she just go on after he was off like if they they could have just said hey guess what guys i mean she's, if she's doing a saturday Night live monologue right it's only six minutes it's not like she's doing an hour no you know it's uh it was at caroline's on broadway on yeah it was at caroline's day. right yeah especially yeah. guys stopping all the time but they stop on it like why not just go on after the kid's set that's you it think she did it for the meme for like the Kanye West thing that's entirely possible Cause no because I, mean, I mean now really? there's like a meme that's gonna go nuts about it and you know she's yeah. gonna get all this pub- and she's a comic so. I don't think she did it for the meme I don't think people say like, hey if I do this I'll get a really good meme out of it I, I mean I, I think maybe she did it for the me just not the not the, <laughs> the for like the meme you know and me yeah, but I don't think she did I think she's just she probably was like I'm Amy Schumer 
I don't care. I've I have this level of fame yeah. and popularity, and you know, like that, that kind of was. I think that's what rubs people the wrong way. You know, that's uh, me. And Absolutely. also, also, you know, you have to. She gets to factor in things like you know you can't. She 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 takes these like far liberal stances on things, which is right. fine. But then wonders sometimes why her movies don't do well. Well, because everybody the, the people don't just live in New York and L.A. Right. Like if 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 you want to do things for popular consumption, you have to be careful. You know who you offend, and it seems like. Like kicking out Trump supporters and at her, at her at, or bringing yeah, them on stage like, on. and then humiliating them right. and telling them to leave—that's right. sort of to me a bully thing to do. It's really amazing, Adam. Is I I I can't even remember where the hell I was last week, um, but I was—I I don't even remember where the hell it happened. But somebody asked me about that, about my political position, and I said, well, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, are you a liberal? Or are you conservative?" I said, well, to tell you the truth. Oh, I was at a reception at my lawyer's office. It was packed, so like with everybody there. I was like the, by far the poorest person there. It was one of those deals. Yeah. It was all these billionaires running around. <laughs> so this guy said, well, what's your political position? I said, well, I'm, I'm a centrist. That's the worst thing you could be. Ugh. I'm like, what? He goes, oh, how, why don't you take a position? Why don't you have the strength to take a position? I'm like, because if I don't – look, I'm not going to agree with something just to – so I can yeah, say, that's your position. I mean, my position is I'm not going to agree with you just because uh, it was bizarre. Well, why were positions created? I mean, why, uh, why, why do we put boundaries on it's, that? It's, well, what sucks is that the people that are far left, far the right, are the ones that get heard, it seems like, because they're screaming I the know, loudest. I know. And the people that actually have common sense, like the, the centrist people who go, okay, maybe I'm for gun control on this, and maybe I'm pro-choice on that, but right. maybe my taxes, I feel like this, and maybe government handouts. You know, like... Like that to me, it's like you have to be all one way or all one way, which is mind-boggling it to, is to me. Mind-boggling. Because how could you only be like that on every single issue? You're to the right, right. or to the left? Uh, really? I got a great every one single for one. You. I got a great one for you guys. You're gonna love this. If you didn't hear it. Did you? If you heard this woman's name? Her name is I don't remember her name. She's she's Australian, and she has a show. And she needs a lot of attention. She's got uh, closely cropped uh, pink hair, and she has a very serious kind of sad look on her face all the time. She took a position. Now, Andy and Melina, Murray and Adam, this woman has taken an international position saying that if you have a baby, that you should ask the baby's permission to change its diaper. Oh, my God. This is a true story. Andy, will you look it up so I can read it? Yeah, you you have to ask the baby's permission to change its diaper. So it'll end up like her. That's why she wants it. That's the only way that a baby's going to end up like that. Are you out of your mind? That's one of the greatest What if the baby's ever. like, what, like, how, the baby can't speak? Can't speak. It can't it's respond. It's a month old. It cannot, yeah, so in other words, in a, you know, a few months, you're going to be asking a baby. Why don't you ask your dog if you're out to pick up his dog poop, too? Like, see, see what he says. Yeah, yeah, what about that? So, I, I just, you know, I'd really like to to touch your poop if that's okay. Yeah. What? Leave me alone. These people are <laughs> we're we coming. It's like it's it's crazy. It's like we're becoming this strange. Like I was in Saudi Arabia, where people oh, had were. people had burkas everywhere, and yeah. they had religious police running around. And in some ways, we're going back there. It's like almost like we have. I know. In some ways, we're no, going right. back to that. You're right. Where nobody could offend anybody. If you say anything that hurts people's feelings, you're gonna get locked up. You're gonna, you're gonna get stoned if you have a, a different. It's crazy. <laughs> That's not good. We're going back yeah. there. How young are some of the children you talk to? Uh, we work from children from three years old. We work with parents from birth. From birth. Yeah. Yeah. Just about how to set up a culture of consent in their home. So I'm going to change your nappy now. Is that okay? Of course, the baby's not going to respond. Yes, mum, that's awesome. I'd love to have my nappy changed. But if you leave a space and wait for body language and wait to make eye contact, then you're letting that child know that their response matters. But their response doesn't matter. It doesn't. They, they don't have to know be what changed. the hell. They, uh, that's not really. She's gonna have the smelliest kid in the school. <laughs> Seriously, they're all gonna stone her. They're gonna they're gonna take call child services. Her kid's not gonna have a just, just a walking pile of poop. That's what we're gonna be when we get you know, a bunch of flies everywhere. It's unbelievable. Yeah, she just read too many books, man. 
What? Yeah. Read too many she books? Read way too she read, many read, she books. read no books. She has no common sense. <laughs> she got too overly excited. She asked the book permission for it to read it. Hey, hey, book, can I read you? And the, it's so dumb. We, uh, I made a, a mistake. We were in Scotland many years ago. Andy, do you remember how old you were, you were when we went to Scotland? You were probably twelve-ish. Nah, you weren't that old. Well, the last time you went, but the first time you went, I think you were about six. I wasn't that young. I was probably. Nine or ten. Okay, nine or ten. So Alex was uh, seven or seven or eight. That sounds right. And I didn't know that you know that that was the term they used. So the kids looked like they were tired. So I said in front of we we had a not a babysitter but kind of like a what do you call those I don't know some woman that would help watch the kids. Nannyism. Yeah, kind a of housewife. Like, a, like mm-hmm. a nanny kind of thing. So I said to Andy and Alex, I looked down and I put my hand on. I said. You kids want to take a nappy? You know, like take a nap? You yeah. want to take a little nappy? Well, I didn't know that nappies there were diapers. So this woman was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I went, e, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. So when she was talking about asking permission to change a nappy, oh, what the God. hell is wrong with you? We'll be right back. More with Adam Hunter right after this. Murray's here, too, taking pictures and everything. Boom. Be <laughs> right back, Tom Bernard said. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. So I took a big chance at the high school dance of the missing who was ready to play. Wasn't me, she was fooling because she knew what she was doing when she taught me how to walk this way. She told me to For the hundreds of thousands of people who are listening, I'd like to ask your permission to talk now. Oh, it's ridiculous. The first, the kid's first words is going to be me too. (laughs) Me too. Or like, you know, change me too. Oh, man. Ridiculous. Uh, We were just talking during the break there. I was talking to Murray about this and the other thing. And heroin came up. And every time I hear that word, uh, I I was a regional promotion guy for Capitol Records back in the late 70s, early 80s. (laughs) And James Brown who was on Polydor Records at the time. I love James Brown. Absolutely love James Brown. But he put, he put out an album, and I don't know who at Polydor wasn't paying attention, but he, uh, he wanted to make a statement about people getting off of drugs. So the godfather of soul, James Brown, puts out an album called King Heroin and how bad heroin is and blah, 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 right? So the album comes out. This is back in the vinyl days. The album comes out in there on the album. The full release, it says King Harion. Oh my God! <laughs> they misspelled yeah. the word heroin. That's awesome. Good for him. I H-E-R-I-O-N. like that. H e r i o n. King Harion. And only Persians bought it. <laughs> yeah, <not> exactly. <laughs> I remember King Harion. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I love that stuff so much. I wonder where they got the name heroin from. I don't know heroin. It's a strange word. 
It is. Well, you can find out. Because it, it, it used to be in a lot of things, wasn't it? I know cocaine was in things like Coca-Cola and all yep. that, but I don't know about heroin. Oh, yeah. Drugs in general weren't really illegal until like no. the 1900-ish. Okay, California, it's not illegal. I mean, the California Ladies and gentlemen. is everywhere. Fellow Americans. Lady Americans. Lady Americans. This is James Brown. James. I want to talk to you about one of our most deadly killers in the country today. I had a dream the other night and I was sitting in my living room. Just goes off to sleep so I started dreaming. I dream I walked in a place and I saw a real strange weird object standing up talking to the people and I <laughs> found out it was hell. That deadly drug that go in your vein. He said, I came to this country without a passport. Jesus. Ever since then, I've been hunted and sold. This is before he shot the cop, right? <laughs> That's before he shot the exactly. Yeah. King Harry on right yep, there. Yeah. Still misspelled did, on this. Is it really still misspelled on there? <laughs> I think That's his official phenomenal. name is probably King Harry on at this point. Oh, wow. God, it's still misspelled. That's phenomenal. It's better than Queen Harry on. That, yeah. was, that was a chick that never shaved. <laughs> that is so wonderful that you could find King Harry on. I, I thought I was the only one in America left that knew about that. Wow. King Harry on. I'm going to talk to you about the most deadly person in the world. <laughs> I, he was so dramatic. He was the best. He was phenomenal. Do you know that his wife used to have to massage his legs eight to nine hours a day because he got to the age where he, he still wanted to do the splits? Oh. But he couldn't do the splits at like 65 years old unless she massaged his legs for wow. eight or nine. Why don't you just like have a tendons cut or something? Yeah, why don't you? Was, it, was he married to a Japanese girl? Or, or like this? All white women. He always married white women. Oh, wow. He loved white women, which is fine. His business. He wants to feel good. I feel so, good. So he, he was the best in Rocky Four. He was unbelievable. But he came out with uh, Apollo. In <laughs> that was the best. And then Apollo died like five minutes later. You're like, oh, man. It's weird how many people remember Apollo Creed. Because oh, yeah. he was on screen. It's like Boba Fett. It's like, what did Boba Fett even do? <laughs> he showed up and then died, but everyone remembers No, him. Apollo was huge in Rocky 1 and oh, yeah, 2. Oh, I suppose in 1, yeah. And, and then 3, he trained them. He took, yeah. them, he took them to the hood. I never saw 3. Oh, three, that's, that's, he took, he took them to the streets. Is, with Mr. T. Is that the uh, one with the robot? No, no, that was four. four. That was four. four. That, okay. was, that was Mr. No, T. But yeah. Mickey dies in three. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Saying. Mickey died because oh, uh, the Russian, because uh, Mr. T killed him, basically. Yeah. And they didn't even charge him with murder. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so weird. Here's a guy. You ever met Mr. T? No. Great guy. <laughs> really? Oh, he's a really good guy. Was he on the label, too? The record label? No, he, oh. he just, I, I've interviewed him before. He, he got in a lot of trouble because he bought a house in this really upscale neighborhood, I think in Chicago. I think it was Chicago, Illinois, bought this really upscale house in an upscale neighborhood and decided to cut every tree down in his yard, which apparently was against city rules. No way. I mean, he cut down like 200 trees without asking anybody if that was all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, well, he, he was could so, sell the lumber and pay the fine with that. Yeah, that's right. right exactly. He's so funny on Howard Stern because like, he had cancer, yeah, and he's like, cancer right. can't beat my T-cells. You know? And yeah. he, like, he, how, did he cut, how did he cut down 200 trees? trees without anybody noticing. I, well, exactly. Come on now. He, he hired Adrian after he beat Rocky in the first one. <laughs> punched them all down. <laughs> he punched them all down. He walked up and punch him. Oh, uh, and then he went on, he was on Stern. He was like, "I'm a man of God." This and that. And people were calling in, like, "Don't you have seven kids with like five different?" It was it was pretty funny, man. Different God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different God than you do. I love Mr. T. Uh, yeah, he was, he was great. Too. He was great. When he would he'd get that in the ring and go, "I got a lot of mo. I got a lot of mo." I love that so much. It's a different world. How much time do you spend? Uh, explain to people, because everybody knows you from you know from doing comedy and all the rest of it. So, how, how, what's your involvement with the MMA? Uh, MMA. I've always been a fan. I wrestled in high school and college. Right. I coach wrestling, and then I, I was working with John Heffron. He was mm. writing the MMA awards show, and I was I was writing sketches for him. Right. And then a couple of the sketches kind of went viral. And then I ran into Dana White at a um, at a casino, and I started telling him, "Hey, I wrote this this about talking about fighting." And then the UFC hired me to, to roast fighters, uh, to I make videos yep. roasting fighters called that. MMA Roasted. Yep. And I started a Twitter account called MMA Roasted, which is now up to like 75,000 people. Uh, and then 
and when that, that kind of blew up, and then Fox Sports hired me to um, do a podcast out of there and then to make pretend I was fighters texting each other during fights called Text from Last Fight. So, right. so that was like a writing job I had. And then I was writing the MMA awards, and I still am. Um, and a couple of the, the, the videos I went went viral. I did this all right. about that cake video with Daniel right. Cormier going, I'm all about that cake and chicken. And like just these funny like videos for fighters. And then Bellator hired me to make videos for them. So I just... I just started getting a lot of fighters coming to my shows and roasting events, and I just—it's kind of a cool little side gig, you know. It is. Um, That's terrific. Uh, so, and I and I love actually, I love watching the sport too. And then I became friends with a lot of the fighters. All those people are, and, and the fans of MMA, UFC are really loyal. Oh, the, the, my such loyal! God, yeah, are yeah. they loyal? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, you have, well, I, people like Joe Rogan know that. My God, they're just very, very loyal. Um, well, I mean. It, it, uh, you know Brian Callen, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I've known Brian for years and years and years, and he's working with uh, with an MMA guy. And their podcast, I, I want to ask you about your podcast, but yeah, his their podcast is doing like 8 million downloads, a lot of downloads. Very loyal audience. Well, uh, tell me about your podcast. It's called MMA Roasted, and uh, I talk to fighters, interview fighters every week, and I have I got great co-hosts. i got this guy Eve Edwards and Renata LaRanja, kind of, and... Uh, a bunch of fighters come on every week, and it's just it's a ton of fun, and uh, it's great. Everyone from Frankie Edgar to Channel Sonnen to you know Daniel Cormier to the the, the champions in every weight class, they all come on, and uh, it's just it's, it's a blast. I do it once a week. It's called MMA Roasted. You get it on SoundCloud. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on uh, I mean not SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple, all right. those. Yeah. So where do you do it? I do it out of my apartment now, out of my oh, house, that's cool. my house. I, 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 I've had like five different locations. You know how podcasts yep, go. Yep. You go from here to there to there yep. to there. But We've had a, a few locations. Yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's very, you know, I definitely have like the most loyal fan base ever. And like, you know, I, like I'm going to be in Vegas yeah. at UFC Fight Week and uh, at the headline of the Stratosphere all that week, which is July 4th weekend. And they all come to the shows and it's great. No, they do. Seriously, uh, UFC fighters... I just mean fans of UFC and MMA fighters are really loyal people. They live that thing. I mean, they're not fighters themselves, but they live, kind of live for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. It's very cool. They're kind of like hockey fans. Why do you Why do you think that boxing allowed that to happen, man? They, boxing has been. You don't even hear about it anymore. Uh, you, 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 do, you, you do hear about it, but I think what happened with boxing was that when you had you had four different belts for each weight class, yep. and then you had yep. the best guys weren't fighting each other, yep. and then it became like, you know, the, the, it, the good thing, it's, it's good and bad as far as MMA and the UFC. It's kind of, uh, they don't have a monopoly, but most of the best fighters in the world are under one umbrella, and that's really good because they'll fight each other. Right. You know, if... More leagues is good sometimes for the fighters because then you can get more money. However, sometimes with that, then all of a sudden guys get greedy and everyone ha- and there's yeah. three. I mean, there's four different heavyweight champions right now, and, four, right. and then people have these belts. You're like, well, why? How do you get that belt? How, and then then it becomes meaningless. So that's you, the problem there. You think that Floyd Mayweather really hurt the sport too because he's never fought anybody in their prime in his life. I don't think he hurt the sport. Uh, I think his, you know, he definitely could have been. He's not that my kind of athlete. I mean, no. going to jail for beating up his baby exactly. mama and yeah. burning hundred dollar bills and throwing them at the camera, and it's just not really. But when I met him, he was a really nice guy. But well, that's good. But yeah, that's not how I would have no. want. To, or I coach kids. I don't say that's not the guy you want to emulate. Right. I don't. Think, I don't think he hurt the sport. I just don't think he could have. I think there were a lot better ambassadors for the sport. Yeah. Than Mayweather. Okay. I think Sugar Ray Leonard was a better ambassador than. Sugar Ray Leonard was phenomenal. He really was. I mean, back in those days, yeah, boxing, well, when I grew up, first of all, boxing, and for people who probably don't know this, and I'd ask you about the same thing about MMA and UFC, boxing in America, it was the most recent group of immigrants coming to America would be all the boxers. For a while, you know, it was Irish people, it was Jews when they came, then it was Mexicans, I mean, uh, black people, whoever the, the, the newest immigrants were, were always the latest and greatest boxers. It was just a way to, I guess, break out of poverty, become famous, make a lot of money. Is, is MMA and UFC like that as well? Yes. Um, well, yeah. the UFC being like the brand, maybe in the sport, but yes, there's a place in Dagestan, Russia, where like there's these amazing fighters come out of there because they don't have nothing else. And, right. then, and right. also the government helps them out. If you're a fighter, you're treated like royalty over there. Okay. So that's also a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, huge um, part of it. 
But yes, I mean Brazil uh, has always been a hot spot oh, yeah. for just, um, but, espe- but especially in Russia uh, and Brazil. But then you'll get guys that, uh, I mean, you know, like a guy like Frankie Edgar, who's a great fighter. He's from Tom's River, New Jersey, not the not the worst place in the world. Or you know, you got guys like uh, you know John Jones grew up in upstate New York. Was it the most? I mean, it was you know not it's not the Hamptons, but it's not like right, it's not right. Dagestan, you know. So. I mean, I, th- I think there's, a, there's good athletes and everywhere, but yeah, when Conor McGregor was coming up, he was on food stamps um, right. when he kind of made his whole mark. Uh, and then if you, if you look, but then there are guys like Mighty Mouse Johnson coming from Seattle. That's not the worst spot. So, no. It, but yeah, there is some truth to the, And I think it's anything in life. It's the harder it is, the obstacle, the, the greater it is. It's not like, yeah. like Sinbad said, you're funniest when you're riding the bus. You know, so <laughs> well. That's I see that. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do you still see comics in the same vein? Because that was another job back in the day. It was a great way for people of all you know races, ethnicities, nationalities to break through and make a living. Because if you were funny, you're funny. People didn't care. Is it still like that in a way? Uh, as far as comedy goes, I mean, there's. You know, I'm like an old school throwback comic of like, I try to get up as much as possible, try to do at least 10 shows a week, Mm -hmm. hone the craft, work on new stuff, master the old stuff, work on the crowd work. And I I really care about it. You know, the the problem sometimes with comedy becomes like, it's a business. So a lot of it is like, how many seats can you fill? Mm -hmm. So then you get the influence. And now with social media, it's helped and it's hurt. It's helped because you can... Uh, you know, back in the day, in the 80s or 90s, you had to go to the Montreal Comedy Festival and then be hopefully be seen by somebody. And then that person will put you on an audition to a network to put you on TV to be in front of people. And now you can sort of surpass all those people by doing it right. yourself on Instagram or YouTube or Vine. So that's, that's good in a way because, it, it, because it's, you're not relying on other people. However, just because you're good on Instagram does not mean you're a good comic. Uh, but yeah. but people go how many a lot of times bookers or club owners go yo he has how many he has four point seven million followers on Instagram yeah let's book him and right. then and then and then they throw him onto the comedy club and Whoops. they only have five minutes or ten minutes <laughs> and then all their fans come yeah. but then a lot of the people that aren't their fans show up they're like what the hell is this I have right. no idea who Whoa Betty is or whatever the hell is <laughs> that Bless or, or you know. Bad Barbie or those Catch Me Outside girls on stage, and catch people are like, people are like, "What is going on catch right me now?" Outside, how about that? And so, that so, so then it's like, like I'm never coming back here again. So yeah, right. the club owner did sell tickets. We have sold two drinks, but are those people going to come back? So they're, yep. they're doing it yep. for like the, like the quick hit, and it's sort of like how the UFC right now is putting in CM Punk. The, he, you know, right. he's got a fight coming up. Right. He doesn't deserve to be there. Nice. He's zero and one. He got beaten a minute, but they're like, well, maybe a lot of WWE fans will come back after they see Real Fighter. Right. It's like, come on. Like, nah, you're right. You're right. You have been a, a great guest. Always. I love interviewing you. You've got a lot to say, and you have a lot of knowledge in different areas. It's always great to see you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You can follow me at, at Adam Comedian on Instagram or uh, Twitter. Yeah. Adam, Adam is at Rick Brown's House Comedy yes. tonight. Two shows, tomorrow night, two shows. Sunday, you are back on Tuesday and Wednesday, the, was it the 8th? The 23rd. The 22nd, 23rd? Yeah. Yep. With Jeremy Piven. So uh, maybe I'll see you uh, when you come back through in a couple of weeks. That'd be Thank great. Thank you. That'd be great. Thank you, sir. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.